What's up, email geeks? Welcome back to another Feedback Friday. This week we have another amazing guest on our show, Chris from 1973 LTD. How's it going, Chris? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is my first time doing anything like this, so uh, please bear with me. Yeah, as you may be able to guess, we're based in the UK, 1973. You also may be able to guess how old somebody on this call might be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The company is... I think we're 16 years old now. Been doing email for a very long time. Based in Oxfordshire in the UK. Run by me and Dave Black. We've been building emails now for getting on for maybe 10 years, I think. Maybe a bit longer. We're always really keen. On, you know, we, we love email. It's a nice and it's a part of our business we've pushed forward on. And we are a marketing agency as well. So we, off the back of email, we do lots of marketing as well. But email is something that we, we love and it's a nice niche for us that we, we love talking about. I feel like I can always tell when I see a 1973 email in the wild. It has a little special touch to it. I feel like you guys add some additional polish to it and always makes uh, the email stand out. So nice work. Keep it up. Thank you. We try to, I mean, I think, you know, some of the people we're probably speaking to, they, they really get it. That, you know, it's a marriage between design, visual, UX user experience and coding and those two have to be joined together closely in order to get a really good result i think if you just have design separately and look and feel over there and you have coding over there it makes email much more difficult to produce than it needs to be i think there has to be a good marriage yeah definitely agree so this one is one that you made for a client correct that's right yeah this was a holidays email so christmas email for those who use the word christmas more the big client of ours is Seagate hard drives, one of the biggest manufacturers of drives in the world. It's a B2C email. Seagate traditionally you know, tend to send more B2B kind of communications, but they do have a very large B2C audience through things like product registrations from their website and things. This was in conjunction with Amazon. So this was going to be sold via Amazon. So they were driving traffic to Amazon via using Seagate's, um, some of Seagate's contacts. So how did you guys land on this? This is kind of an advanced thing, but I really enjoy it. You're taking over the entire color of each of these sections. It's really impressive to see. We very much like to, you know, as you can see from the size of the drive there, I mean, this is, you know, we're big believers that an email is about driving a message. Fundamentally, one message with you know additional sort of messaging around there, but fundamentally it needs to drive one message. This is you know it's a product email that we really like the look of the product. We took inspiration from the the landing page, uh, sorry the product page on Seagate.com, which had a similar sort of color picker because obviously you can buy this drive in these four colors. It's important to get the size across, hence we got an image of how you know how big that is in somebody's hand. One thing that's interesting, the way this has came about, and is again part of the way we think about things, is that we don't just like doing things for the sake of them. So interactivity, we don't want to just do it for the sake of it. You know, we want to do it so it adds value to what we're doing. We could do that with this one. And being a B2C audience, we use litmus stats and email and acid stats. They have very precise client device stats. So we looked at the potential audience for this, and this went out to 250,000. We looked at that audience from previous sends, which weren't interactive, but still a similar product. And we looked at 
what we felt was a good interactive audience, what was a good fit there. And we worked out probably around 30, 40% of that audience would be able to render an interactive experience. So we felt that justified more looking at an interactive email than not for this one. So it's a B2C send, you know, it's very heavily mobile. Probably the mobile stats were around about the same, probably 30, 40% um, were opening on mobile. And so we felt we could go down that route and have some fun and do something a little bit different. You know, when you're B2B, it's obviously desktop and less so of an interactive client there. Whereas this one, we felt it fitted that. Yeah, I think holidays may be a good time to maybe try something like this if you have the time, just because maybe you can stand out in the inbox a little bit more and it's kind of a fun time to maybe try something new. This one definitely stood out to me. You know, how do you start with something like this? You know, use of live text, interactive elements, hover effects, like how do you sort of mark down each of the different things that you guys want to tackle? We shoot for the sky initially. All our emails are responsive, so that is a given. It's a marriage between design and what's achievable technically. So we look at those two things together and we'll have a discussion around what we can do from a visual point of view and how we can add some interactivity or something that adds value on top of that from the design side. We try to keep all our text within that's editable and you know because we do a lot of work that's translated so it's obviously easier to translate it's less of a payload it renders quicker obviously there's no images coming down or less images if images are turned off you still get an experience rather than very little that's our philosophies as well obviously we have to use imagery and there's no question on this type of email but we will look at it there from a technical point of view and from what the email is delivered. So we were briefed that these drives were going to be sold on Amazon. They're quite a funky drive. You know, they've got a totally different look and feel to the traditional sort of portable drive and these different colors again. So we wanted to get that feeling. We added the picker very early on to try and get some intrigue in there. And also brings me on to lots of things, but we try and keep our buttons high up. So one at the top, one at the bottom, if it's quite a long email. Well, it looks great on both, you know, desktop and mobile. I think you, you know, definitely nailed it there. And I did have a peek at how the fallback looks. And I think that also was really executed well. So overall, you guys are covering your bases when it comes to some of these, you know, concerns with using interactive in an in, in email. So. And some of our other interactive emails, which I'm happy to share, we had a philosophy of we're almost designing three emails in one. You, know, you could separate them all out into their own component parts, but we would have the interactive first and then we fall back onto a sort of a, a Gmail experience and then we had an Outlook catch-all experience. So we're having to code for three different experiences within one email, which is obviously, as you know, Matt, <laughs> adds time and testing time and uh, <laughs> that's probably one of the challenges of doing such a thing. But we felt it was, like I said earlier, it was justified in doing that because we felt the audience was going to see our work. So was a client like Seagate really on board with something like this? Or did you have to sort of concept something and show them before you guys you know, went all in and put in the dev time and testing time on this? We have a very good relationship with them. We're really trusted as their email team. And they like us to add value and not just to be told what to do. We, we just want to push things and see what happens and see where things go. And I believe that if you, if you just stand still, you know, nothing moves forward, obviously. So 
we're very lucky we have a client there that they are open to us and doing interesting work that we see as technically challenging, visually challenging, and message sort of challenging as well. So they were on board with it. Great. And I know you said there was a, a little bump in engagement uh, with this email. So do you think interactive can help with that engagement? Or like when is the right time to use an interactive email? Uh, my feeling on that is that if you can, is look at the time, who's opening, and look closely at device stats. And if the sort of audience, your, your sweet spot of who you want this message to be delivered to is likely to respond to something that's interactive, then I think there's more justification for it. And then if you can add some sort of mechanism within the email that then adds value that is more than just a flat visual, I think there, those two sort of boundaries are worth taking into account. So, for example, we might be looking to work with a pizza, a very big pizza company. You probably know where you may know (laughs) they might be. One of their challenges in getting pizzas to your door is they need as little steps that stop that journey as possible. So we want that journey to be as easy and as quick as possible for you to order their product. And so what we're looking to do is from the data that we know about previous orders, we're looking to produce a small, where limited interactive emails are, you have to build all the logic within the email. It's not super clever, you know, it's just lots of ifs, if this, display that, if that, display this. But you can build up quite complicated logic as well if you use some sort of automated sort of logic building that, you know, that brings out a lot of um, HTML that covers all those uh, options. But those pizza guys, if we can bring in, if you traditionally have pepperoni and ham or whatever, if we loaded that into an interactive email, and this is the discussion we're having, and then allowing you to choose a couple of options, not too many, and then bang, you've customized it within your email client, that goes straight through, you, you hit purchase, and then it's coming through. It's reducing those times there. And the reason for mentioning that then, it's, there is a justification, I believe, in helping that journey happen easier by offloading some of that poorer experience when you go from an email into a landing page, you go wait for it to load, wait for everything to come down. You've almost, you've downloaded all that stuff that you need already in the email. Why am I having to download it again? You know, I can then click and off we go again. So that's our, our thinking. Um, we're not just wanting to do interactivity just because you can. We want to see if it's worth it. And we do that from the stats that we get. We look at the audience and see. You know, there's a time commitment. There's a financial commitment there in terms of development. So we want to be able to say, look, we think this is a good idea. And the reason why is because this audience is on this device and they're really looking for that type of product. That's the way we like to think. It doesn't always happen like that, but that's where we try and set off. I totally agree with that explanation. Do you know if you have any um, tips or tricks for people that want to build an interactive email like this? I feel like when people see these in their inbox, um, they get really impressed, but then they look at the code and it becomes a daunting task for some people, especially, you know, teams of one or something. So. We haven't found any sort of like libraries that help us really. We tend to take what we've done before and build upon that, but strip it down. We, ha- we don't have a framework, for example, for building these. They are very much bespokely built. But we will take a previous one that we've done 
and reduce it right down to its component parts and then build it back up again. That's the way we sort of approach things. So hopefully some of our work is already done in the previous email and we're just adding to it or embellishing it and changing the imagery, changing the layout. You know, we're trying to save a bit more time in that respect. Is there anything that, you know, after it went out that you'd maybe change or improve on? Uh, one thing, yeah, one thing I would say is that we didn't do an A-B test on this. Now, what we could have done, we could have maybe stripped out the interactivity and made a B version of the email, did a 50-50 send on the 250,000, see which one generated more revenue. And obviously, if you're doing an interactive email, you can change the link where you're going. So you can identify out of those four selectors, which one they chose. So then you can start to report then. So you know that, okay, the interactive email, option three was clicked more than option one. So you know from that that the interactive email worked. And B, it might have driven more traffic through out of those four options that are interactive. In hindsight, if we'd have just done that as one email, and then we'd done one that wasn't interactive, again, split the database in half, and then we'd know for sure whether the interactivity had a bigger impact or not. What I can say is this email performed much better than the previous two emails we'd sent out for the very similar product. We had a 27% unique open rate on 250,000 which is pretty good uh, for our zooming rate and 2.1% unique click-through rate on it. Prior to that we were 0.7, 0.8 click-through rates on them on very similar emails that weren't interactive. Bear in mind that this is time of year when it was sent and that's what we love about emails, it's fascinating. And you get this matter, you know, it's it's about when you send it, who you're sending it to, how often you've sent it to them, what it is you're sending, you know, what, what, do they, what do they think of you as a brand? And we find an email is like a little ecosystem just in itself. This one here was sent in December. Uh, the previous one we had was a few months earlier. I don't know if that gives you some insight, but if you're looking to do more of these, I think you've got to put the justification in place to say, look, look we split the database in half. And there's no point doing this with a small database, I don't think. You know, if you're talking 5,000, 4,000, you know, where you're normally getting a 10% open rate, I don't think you've got big enough numbers there to make a really good call on what is, whether the value is there. The bigger the numbers, the more you, you've got to, you know, to go through in your reporting. One last question to maybe end on is, what's one thing about email that you thought you knew that is totally different now? I've always worried that it might be going away, but I, I just the more, the, the older I get, I just don't think it's going away. And I was worried, as a business, we got into email, like I said earlier, 10 years ago, and I always used to think, oh, well, maybe it just won't go, it'll go away. You know, people hate it, spammy and stuff like that. And I don't think it's going anywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I love this interactive email. Yeah, we want to do more of them. And thank you to really good emails. We love the stuff you're pushing out. It's great. We love this community as well. We want to help and do as much as we can as well. So, yeah, I, it was an honor to us um, you know, that when you first chose one of our emails to go on the website, I was like, wow, that was lovely. So thank you very much and keep up your good work as well, Matt. And thanks to all the other email geeks out there as well. Yeah, keep on chugging. I know we're uh, <laughs> often overlooked, but yeah, keep up the good work, everybody.
easy clap. 